different episode tonight. I don't have my podcast co-host. He's uh, he's playing radio DJ tonight on 101.5. So uh, I'm going to fly solo tonight. And uh, I, I, I actually want to fly solo with this one tonight. Uh, this is uh, episode, what, 127 of uh, Who's Your Band? Uh, my name is Sean Morton. Everybody knows this. I'm the funny one on the podcast. I'm the one who has all the uh, information proper. And <laughs> I wanted to I wanted to bring this guy on for a long time. Uh, and the reason why is uh, he is uh, from my past, my past life of being a wannabe rock star. And uh, now I'm no longer a wannabe rock star. I'm a wannabe professional stand-up comedian. Um, you are, and you are. One of the, uh, I, I'm going to say this right now, one of my my favorite vocalists, and it's not because he's a buddy of mine, like this this dude's voice is stupid good. And I I, I kind of hate him a little bit because of how good his fucking voice is. I'm not going to lie. Um, playing in the same scene for a very long time, uh, my buddy, Mr. John Costco from Revelant Dusk. What's going on, buddy? How are you, man? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Uh, and you're, uh, this is your guitar player here? Yeah, Mr. Vincia. Vince, how do you how do you put up with the uh, the Napoleon sitting next to you? The I, you know what, you know, you get used to it. <laughs> <laughs> what? I don't even know what that means. <laughs> he takes it as well as he gives it. So, no, that's, that's cool. <laughs> yeah, we, me and John go back a, a very very long time. Um, we haven't really talked in a very long time either. But uh, uh, so I'll give you a little background. Uh, the North Jersey scene. In the late 90s, early 2000s, I'm going to put up with any area, right? I think it was a solid, solid scene uh, back yeah. in the time. There was a ton of bands that came out of it. We've interviewed a bunch of the bands on here. It's one of my favorite musical eras, too, you know? We've Absolutely. had from uh, 40 Below Summer and El Nino and Volbeat and everybody on this show. So um, first band that I saw you with was Child. Yes, sir. Now, was that your first band? It was. Okay. Now, for people who are, we have a lot of listeners who are all over the map. So when I see the North Jersey scene, it's, uh, if you looked in a magazine called The Aquarian, which uh, is still out there now, you know, it's still out there, but uh, the the show listings were always a big thing for me to see who was playing and stuff like that. Uh, if you ever went to the Birch Hill, uh, child pretty much played there five times a fucking week, opening for everybody under the sun. That's for sure. It was a great. It was a great era. Um, it was the best era. You know, Stan Levenstone. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he was on speed dial on my Motorola flip phone. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. You know, I remember actually having to like email. Uh, you know, all these people from like XSDB. All these, all these weird names you probably forgot about for twenty five years ago, just begging to get on shows and shit. Yeah, yeah. it was it was a tough period. It was a tough period. Um, a very tough period. In fact, what what made it tough was uh, was we would drive down three weeks, you know, every weekend and and try to hustle tickets and go get into the shows and hustle tickets at the Birchill and drive back or just stay down there. Yeah, which at some chick's house or whatever, you know. <laughs> or, or we would, we, I think we slept overnight in the Birchill one time, to be honest with you. <laughs> we did that one time when we went to see Life of Agony three times in, in three days. But uh, yeah, I can, I remember those days, dude. I remember one time we had a show at Lemoore, uh in Brooklyn. It was right before it closed. And I think we were like, I don't know, six tickets short of selling your, you know, 50 pay to play bullshit tickets. Yeah. And I was like, I think at the time I had a job, I was making like 80 grand a year. And I was like, you know what? Fuck this. I'm not going to sell any more tickets. I shelled out the 120 bucks myself <laughs> just, to, <laughs> just to freaking get rid of the tickets and shit. But it was a, it was a different, um, a different era, man. I got to tell you. Um, I loved well, it. I, I loved it too. I loved it too. Um, you know, I, some of my favorite memories are just playing up and down Van Howen Avenue in Clifton. You know, yeah, you can go any any bar any night of the week and you would have an amazing show unless you went to connections in clifton uh and you were drunk before your set started and you have asshole friends who like to go to that bar do you remember the gigantic jar of cherries that were being soaked in everclear for about i don't know nine or ten years do you you remember that there were a dollar a piece right man yeah a fucking dollar a piece and 
You can go in there stone cold sober, Vince. Stone cold sober. Have two cherries. Oh, yeah. I'll wake up for two days. That's how fucking strong are these God, things. Yeah, I never had the cherries. Um, just because that, listen, at the end of the day, that, that bar was disgusting, but it was the oh, best. Gross. It was the best thing in the world. Oh, I love that bar. My famous, uh, my famous moment from that was when, uh, you remember at the top of the stage, they had that big thing that was hanging over. Everybody put their band stickers all over it. Right. And I remember watching a VH1 behind the music. It was about Stephen Piercy from Rat. And uh, they did a video of him at Connections, and my band sticker made it onto VH1. That's like the biggest fucking movie my dumb band ever had. But uh, yeah, those are those are great times, man. And I I feel bad for a lot of local bands that are out now because they don't realize how fucking great it was. And now and we're we're dating ourselves now. We're actually showing our age at this point. But it was a great era because there was a lot of camaraderie with these bands. I mean, if you you were playing, we would go out to see you. We were playing, other bands would go out to see us. I don't think you see wore that. each other shirts. Sure. Wore each other. We booked, we made sure we booked with each other, wore each other's shirts. It was very um honest competition, friendly competition for sure. Oh yeah. We yeah. loved each other very much. Um, in fact, and, and I gotta just take a, a quick moment here. Um, to uh, to pay homage to uh, one of my very close friends who passed, uh, Mr. Bob Bueno Bubble um, from uh, the band The Dirty Stayouts, um, who was beyond his time, uh, number one. Um, number two, he was an influence. And uh, I wish he made more music and more music. Um, and I just loved him. We all loved him so much. Um, at his funeral, you know, the it was said that he was a uh, Renaissance man, and that is the truth. And um, I love you, Bob, and we all love you. And I just wanted to make that very clear that we appreciate those who have passed. You know, JB from Ogre, Ricky Rocket, mm -hmm. all those guys made we all made each other um and it's very important to acknowledge where you come from um and i love you bob and um so this one's for you cheers cheers everybody has a ricky rocket story oh, what, what, what's your favorite rocket story i got one for you ready yeah uh played a show across the street we, we used to rehearse the streets of course mm -hmm. and uh we loaded all everything back in the back in the street in the studio. Um, Rocket helped, of course, you know. And uh, I was laying on the flat on the floor in, in the in the rehearsal studio, and Rocket did a fucking Jimmy Superfly snooker on my rib and broke my rib. <laughs> Motherfucker! He was a character. He was. I mean, I I my story is my my bass player Rob um, was good friends with him. And uh, I, I had just bought a house in Bayona, moving some stuff out. And I asked for some help, and he brought Rocket down. We're moving some boxes. And he goes, you want to move the couch? I go, no, no, no. I got movers coming. We don't need to move the couch. No, no, here's what you do. Open the window. You and Rob push it, and I'll be underneath, and I'll catch the fucking thing. We're good. We're good. Yeah, that was him. And uh <laughs> <laughs> I, I loved Rock. I mean, everybody in the world loved him, but everybody also hated him at the same time because he, you know, it was like a mixed personality thing. You know, my favorite story from Connections was uh, we had a friend, the Reverend, who was from uh, Archdemon Choir. Kevin was a great, great dude, and uh, I don't know what happened. There was one night I somebody must have pissed in his Cheerios. I think we were supposed to go on after them, and he wanted to get on really quick. And uh, so he decided to go into my bag and he took out about 15 stickers. He put them on the floor of the right in front of the stage, went out the side door, brings his Harley in and revved his Harley on the stickers. So he smoked out the entire room so we hey, could not play. Where the fuck are you going to get another story like that? Right. That's what I'm saying. You know, you're not going to get a story. That's probably the greatest thing that's ever happened to you, right? Let's not go fucking nuts, John. I thought the greatest <laughs> thing. <ever happened. laughs> 
<laughs> now we had some we had some fun shows with you guys too. What was the thing we used to we used to do? What was it called? The the porn the porno circus? The por- close. Uh satanic porn night. Satanic porn night. Yes. Yeah, so there would be like 70s porn playing on, on the screens in the background. Strippers on stage with the strippers on stage. Yes, I remember that very well. I also remember a very drunk uh John Costco. Uh, trying to steal the microphone away from me while we were doing She Rides by Danzig because you were saying, I can fucking sing it better. So I gave you the microphone, and I did. I think somewhere up in this area, I kind of <laughs> that a little bit. <laughs> it's fun times, man. We were in our 20s. It was a lot of fun. Uh, from that, though, you kind of took off. Tell me how that happened. So take off is a weird word because it's like, there's a whole lineage. I mean, there's a whole line of uh, events that happened, obviously. I'm, I'm obviously skipping over like three fucking years of everything. In, in a nutshell, the band, Child had almost broken up. Mm-hmm. And, and I said, ah, screw it, you know. I had went to a show at uh, Jones Beach Theater to go see the Deftones. And uh, Godsmack was headlining and Puddle of Mud was playing. And uh, we ended up backstage and I wound up talking to Sully from Godsmack and we were talking about uh, motorcycles. We were talking about, uh, you know, the music scene in the area, blah, blah, blah. Um, And uh, for about 30 minutes goes by, we're smoking cigarettes together on the back. We just sort of really hit it off. And I did never mention my band once. And he goes, are you in a band? I said, yeah. He goes, well, why, why don't you tell me you were in a band? I'm like, eh, you know, just, you know, bullshit you know and i think he like respected that in, in a sense and said well i'm yeah you know, i'm starting my own label blah blah blah. you know i'd love to hear what you, you know what you're doing i'm like oh cool you know ran out to the my my truck in the uh, parking lot as i came back he's got two chicks under his arm walking on the bus i said ah there there goes that you know made my way on the bus blah 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 quick quick chat gave, gave him a uh a, a cd and um remember cds and uh, <laughs> he called me from tour about three weeks later came up and said i love i love the way you sing i love your voice a lot come up here and let's let's work on some music and he introduced me to you know lee of course lee richards i got joey wilkinson mm-hmm. uh bobby jenkins uh and uh, uh jimmy preziosa from ogre mm-hmm. uh, and uh, I just, it was something about these particular guys that I just, I loved and I connected to and um, we made it happen. It's a great record, man. Great, great record. I, I never forget. Jo- Joey loved to smoke too, which is why they has the great name of Joey Smoke, you know. And uh, I remember going to, uh, I think it was like a record release or something like that for you guys at Dingo's. It was one of those things that are playing a record in the like street quick, party quick. or something like that. Yeah. And uh, I think Wishbone had been out for a while. And, you know, it was one of those songs that, like, you know, when you, when you, you know, somebody you know is in a band, then they have a song and it breaks out. Of course, you're excited or whatever. But it was a great goddamn song. Thanks, fuck, man. Yeah, I, love, I love it, too. I love it, too, so much. Such a great fucking song. And I learned the words to it real quick. And I remember Joe turning around going, how do you know the words to this? It's not even out yet. I go, Joe, there's this thing called the internet. <laughs> and you can listen to a song first. You know, we played for about a week before we sort of thing, but there was um, there was another thing I wanted to mention too. That was on the Transformer soundtrack, correct? Was yeah. that's fucking weird. Matt, try writing one now for a Transformer soundtrack. What do you think? Say again. Try try putting another song out for a Transformer soundtrack. This fucking franchise won't go away. It's twenty five years later. Yeah, I know. I know. It's it is crazy. So, a topic of our show is called Who's Your Band? And we're going to jump around a little bit. We're going to go back into, you know, going on tour and stuff like that. But I think me and you have one thing in common. Um, if you had to pick your band, any band that is uh, Desert Island, you know, you got to take all your music from. Who is is your band Black Sabbath? I mean, yeah, it's Black Sabbath. I mean, you know, um, I grew up on Mountain. Okay, I think I have said this about 13 times on the show, and I'm glad you mentioned it because you're the only fucking person who's ever mentioned this. 
I go on record and say Mississippi Queen is probably the greatest rock and roll song that's ever been written. So I, I, I met Leslie a few a bunch of times. We've had dinner and uh, he became friends with my father, which was wild because my father plays and sings uh, in a band. And you know my father's 80 and he plays oh, wow. left-handed bass, EB3. And he became very good friends with Leslie, which is crazy to him. God rest uh, Leslie's soul. Um, but Leslie West to me um, was my core. But Desert Island Band, Desert Island Band, um, I have to say, fucking AC Queens of the Stone Age, ACDC Queens of the Stone Age. I like, knew you were going to say ACDC too. Just because it's just, you know, just, <laughs> I, never, I never thought that. Yeah. I never thought that. I actually, uh, my dog's name is Sabbath, which I named after Black Sabbath. We're actually going to have two dogs. It was going to be Sabbath and Caius. Stop. Okay. I'm going to stop you right there. I'm going to, yo, you and I have, do you drink? Yeah. You're in big trouble. Okay. Dog named Sabbath. Okay. And my, my dog, Caius, just passed two years ago. Sorry to hear that. Caius. His name was Caius. Great. That's fucking great. We had the whole, I wanted to get two. I went to get two, right? I had the names all picked out. First, it was like, you got to do Sid and Nancy. No, that's stupid. Axel and Slash. That's not bad. That's not so, bad. That's kind of boring. You know, Axel and Slash, I got to have two boys. I was trying to get a girl and a boy. And I went to get the one um, at another rescue. And the girl was like a fucking lunatic. And the boy was chill. And they wouldn't separate them. I go get this one. And uh, the boy fell through. And I was like, well, I guess the next dog's going to be Caius. But Sabbath Moon is uh, my greatest thing i've ever done in my life easy i can't i'm like blown away by this it's very strange but i, I mean i've never heard of a dog named <laughs> yeah, before. yeah yeah it's it's uh see i'll show you a picture of her chilling on my deck with her motorhead uh vest on oh nice <laughs> I, you know I, I think i just like that because it just went on your uh on your facebook profile oh nice yeah she's uh yeah fucking dogs are the greatest thing in the world man the absolute greatest thing in the world. She's chill, she's chill as fuck. She, I cannot leave the house. Dropped his dog off to go get uh, uh, Tra- trained. It's but cold, I, did, right? I have a twelve-year-old chocolate lab. His name's Hendrix Marshall. Hendrix Marshall. Yep. That's a cool fucking name too. Yeah. I didn't know what Caius's middle name was going to be. We didn't get that far. But we knew it was going to be Sabbath Moon. That's all we knew. Sabbath Moon is amazing. That's amazing. <laughs> It's a cool dog too. Like she, I can't leave the house without leaving the uh, today's country station on, because she gets fucking ornery unless there's music playing in the background when we're gone. Ornery like an alligator. <laughs> yeah, she really is. But she's very chill, very very chill. I, did, I would never have thought ACDC ever. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, Bon Scott. Uh, you know, Angus's solos were uh, blues, were, were blues, were R and B vocals. You understand? Sure. You know when he pl- when Angus Young plays a solo, it's like an R and B singer, uh, which which I'll, I grew up on R and B stuff. So it's it's his uh, it's his vibrato, right? Like it's, it's the his, vibrato and it's the articulation yeah. of like you know yep. you know when he's like and that's like a singer. Oh, you know he's scatting with his he scats with his guitar solos, you know. Stephen, he's showing off that ridiculous vibrato that he has in his voice that I would I would murder my mother <laughs> to have that vibrato in my voice, but I don't. Vince, how long are you playing guitar for? Oh, geez. Uh, I remember picking up the guitar when I was like 16 years old, but it actually, it started way before that. You know, the, the whole kid rock star thing where you're, mm-hmm. you have a tennis racket and you're pretending to <laughs> to to play guitar in front of like 250,000 people. Oh yeah, absolutely. I, I still have my first guitar downstairs. It's like yellow and white Gibson Epiphone. The pickups are completely rusted out. It's got fucking Scooby Doo stickers on it because that was, you know, 30 years ago. <laughs> yeah, you know. Right. Post a picture of that. I I'll I'll have one. Down. Yeah, all my guitar, I have uh I got two uh Washburn dimes downstairs. I got that. Uh, I got a bass because I thought I could play bass for a few minutes and then that never happened either. And then uh, that and my new ESP. 
which I'm trying to get rid of because I don't fucking play anymore. So maybe you'll get a new guitar out of this whole deal. You get the dime slime? Uh, not the dime slime. I got an alien and I got a camouflage one. Oh, Shit. nice. But the problem is uh, I'm, a, I'm a tall man and I'm not a small man. And those guitars always ride up here. So it's like I'm playing a fucking ukulele like this. Even <laughs> with a strap, it's very strange, but... So we're gonna get back to uh to Dropbox. Um great live fucking band too. Like resonated from the album to the live show. I uh I had the, the <laughs> this is actually a funny story too. Um, which I never told you. So it was you guys, it was El Nino and Godsmack at the I think it was just uh the House of Blues at the showboat in Atlantic City. Yeah. Now, um, like you have a great relationship with your dad my mom uh got me into music like that was like my first concert was willie nelson Waylon jennings johnny cash and the stray cats that was my first show ever willie's i'm going to see willie in uh like five or six weeks now too um so yeah she got me into music she loves certain bands right certain like out of the blue she'll say to me uh hey can you uh move my car and i'll move her car and the fucking volbeat cds in the car and I'm like, what are, you, what are you doing with this? Like, you're you're 74. What the fuck are you doing with it? <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. So, like, she'll, I would always take her to, like, really cool concerts. Like, you know, we went to see, she wants to see Kid Rock. She wants to see Volbeat and Ghost. And, you know, I'm taking her to see Springsteen and yada, yada. So, yeah. King loved Godsmack, right? Just absolutely worshipped. She worshipped the song Voodoo. For, and she still does. She loves the song, right? So, we go down there. And uh, she doesn't realize that it's a standing room only show. And she goes, I'm not fucking standing for three hours. You better do something about this. And couldn't find you because I knew you at the time. And I was like, all right, whatever. I found one of the guys from Molino that I knew. And I said, yeah, I need a favor. And he's like, yo, whatever you need, whatever you need. And I go, I need a chair. He goes, for what? I go, my mom's here and she needs to sit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, he goes, all right. And he got his, he got one of his road crew and he found me a chair. So now you're going to see 1200 people completely losing their shit to Dropbox, El Nino and fucking Godsmack all in a fucking pit with my mom <laughs> in a chair, just like this, watching the show. She loved it too, though. It's awesome. Yeah, man. So um, that was that the first tour that you guys did? That was the first, uh, that was the first tour we did. Yeah. Cause we, we left. Uh, we left Bobby J's house uh, on the on the tour bus and went to we went to Ohio okay. uh, and met uh, the El Nino guys up there and and we started the tour up there and we made our way back down. Yeah, that was the first. Uh, you know, you know, we're talking we're talking you know Joey and I and Jimmy and uh, and, and Bobby and Lee. You know, we've never been out of Jersey. <laughs> sure. I mean, we did like Connecticut, PA, hey, the tri-state, you know, Staten Island, you know, Connecticut, uh, you know, blah blah blah, um, everywhere. But you know, we went to Hawaii to go do the acoustic record with Godsmack, and then we came back home. We went on a, a the Metallica tour with Godsmack to do promo, and then we came back and recorded a record, and then went everywhere. And so we yeah we never uh, we know nothing about major touring so it was crazy it was always cool to see um we, i knew i was never going to do music full-time it was just never in the cards i knew that very early on but when you saw your friends and people that you knew breaking out it was always like a bittersweet thing you know it was always like a bittersweet thing because like you used to seeing these guys in these local places and having a great time and you have a beer and whatever and then it's like, wow, this fucking guy is playing in Arkansas tonight. Yeah. In front of 25,000 people. It's great, though. It was, I always was, uh, and even in comedy, too, it's kind of like, uh, it's the same thing. It really is the same thing, only it's, uh, bands are a lot more supportive than comedians are, where they're a bunch of real fucking divas, real fucking divas. But um, there's there's core people who will always bring their friends out. Like, we, we meant, we interviewed one of the guys from, uh, the show Bupkis on uh, Peacock, which is uh, Pete Davidson's show. And, you know, we we all started comedy together. And he's bringing, you know, 10, 15 people onto shows with him. 
you know, to try and support. And that's what's kind of what comics do. If we break out and get a TV show, it's going to be like, you know, you bring in all your friends and things like that. I'm the exception. I will fucking forget everybody that I know. I'm starting over new. I my, my best friends will never hear from me again. I'll be hanging out with Brad Pitt and fucking Drake. I don't give a shit. I don't want to know anybody anymore. I can't but Vince, I want to get back to you. Where were you? What where were you born and raised? Around here? No, I was I was born and raised in the Philippines. Uh and I didn't move here until I was uh, gosh, 23. Oh wow. Okay. Like 25 years ago, really. So wow. How did you, you guys link up? Uh he gave me my first tattoo. Why are we jumping ahead? <laughs> jumping ahead again. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, you know, I you know just moved here. Yep. Uh, it's been a couple of years. I've always been, you know, I've always been looking for people to jam with, right? And then it just so happens that um, uh, I went to uh, John's tattoo shop, and, and he was giving me a tattoo, and and you know we were just talking about music, and he, and he was like, uh, "Yeah, I'm looking for someone who can sing harmonies and play guitar." I'm like, "Yeah." That's me. Let's jam. Yeah. Uh, and then we did, and that was and that was it. That was, gosh, like sixteen years ago now. Yeah, it's been a while. It's been a while. Yeah, that was that was something I never knew about you. I didn't realize you were an artist. Yeah, I was tattooing uh, when I came off tour. Uh, I started tattooing about oh six, and I uh, never stopped. But were you always an artist growing up, though? I mean, I did like band t-shirt designs and like album covers for like local bands and stuff like that don't i i don't even remember these bands but um but that was about it but i just i kind of like fell into tattooing and uh yeah because i remember like you know when social media was just starting and stuff like that and i saw this popping up and i was like i i never would have thought that yeah no i i never i never stopped uh once covid hit i that's the only time i really ever stopped unless i went on tour you know, what's your, what's your favorite style of tattooing? I would say like, uh, like neo-traditional, um, black work. Okay. Do you still have that ridiculous challenger? Um, the, my, my, <laughs> we just talked about that. We were just talking about this today. Uh, my 1967 Dodge Charger, uh, Dodger, sorry, was, was sold. Oh, that's hard, dude. But I'm looking. I'm looking for. Um, I'm looking for another uh, Mopar. Mm -hmm. You don't want a nice 2015 Rav Four lesbian soccer mom car? I'll sell you one really cheap. Does it come with a lesbian? Uh, well, you're looking at it. if I shave the goatee. I'm not wasn't a lesbian right now. <laughs> Got that from my mama too. Anyway, D uh, DM me. <laughs> <laughs> Slip into my DM. Slip into it. So the album does great. Obviously, you know, it's only one record, and which I I hated because a lot of these great bands that, you know, again, like I said, you know, you're you're friendly with or you see, you play with, put out these amazing first records. And I always felt like it was kind of a, a one and done deal for like 95% of these great bands. Yeah. You know, like even like, the, you know, we used to play with the Step Kings all the time. And, you know, I thought that that was going to be a band that that was going to take over the world. I, really, I know. I really thought we were going to take over the world. And the first record was killer. And the second one was just like the no label support. And that, that was kind of like when uh, I guess the internet was really starting to. You know, wow, we are so fucking old. We're saying when the internet started. I know. Like, dude, I know. It's <laughs> so wild right it's fucking stupid like if you take a think back like for like i'm 46 i'm gonna be 47 next month so like we lived in this amazing time where you didn't have to worry about anybody finding you if you didn't want them to find you so funny it's so true <laughs> it's so true so i'll be 50 oh wow okay all right i thought you were younger than me actually well i look younger than you you really don't, but continue. <laughs> but yeah, we we lived in the best time. Um, our Facebook was being face to face, right? You know, 
I've been doing a new bit about how if you uh, want to block somebody now, you have to block them on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. I know. Um, you have to block their phone number, their oh. email, uh, all this stuff. And then when we were growing up, if you wanted to block somebody, you took the phone off the hook. Yep. <laughs> yeah. The whole night. You know, and there's, you know, look, look at the music, dude. Look at music. Like if you're out at a bar, right? You're out at a bar and you hear a fucking really killer song, right? You just take your phone and you fucking hit an app, right? You hit a fucking app and then it just, you have the song instantly. And now, like back when we were fucking growing up, if you heard a song on the radio, you're like, wow, this thing is goddamn awesome. Let me put my tape in and hit the friggin' record and hold your finger on pause for like four and a half hours until the fucking song came back on. And then you got the goddamn thing. Fucking weird, and right? Hope the DJ doesn't say anything. Wow. Right. Right. Like goddamn Casey Kasem long distance dedications I have on fucking cassette tape <laughs> all over the place. Yep. But we do have a we have we have the benefit of being this age. And I always say that we are the last great generation by far. By far. Yeah. The last great generation because we do have that, but we also know that like we can get our phones at two o'clock in the morning when we're stoned and fucking drunk off our asses and have somebody from a fucking Philip from the Philippines. Okay. In your car, delivering DoorDash to you and going to Wawa. So you don't have to drive two and a half fucking minutes. I've done that. I've actually ordered a bagel from four blocks away. Cause I didn't want to leave my fucking house. <laughs> Yo, so that, that's why we are this entitled <laughs> fucking generation, but like, the ones below us don't have any idea how good they have it. They yeah. really don't. Fucking goddamn so true. It really is. Yeah. I I mean, I, I wouldn't want to... People always say, you know, what would you do? Like, what would, would you go back in time? I think the only way I would go back in time is I would go back to 1987. I'd be 21 years old. I'd be playing rhythm guitar for Guns N' Roses, and I'd be dead by 88. I'd want to have one great fucking year. That's what I would do to go back in time. I wouldn't like kill baby Hitler or anything like that. We tried to emulate all these bands, remember, you know, and we, we, in my eyes, I, I think that we, we lived that. I mean, you know, we were a suburbia, um, you know, uh, 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 warriors, you know, but we were out all night. We drove over our car, we filled up the tank, we had paper flyers, we, we, we drove when we weren't supposed to drive, <laughs> you yeah. know. You know, and 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 uh, we went from bar to bar, club to club, and shook hands, um, smoked cigarettes. Had we had, you know, if you didn't have a, a carton of cigarettes in your fucking in your glove compartment, you know, that's that was our that was our fuel. <laughs> oh yeah, dude. Oh yeah. And you you hit the nail on the head with that. You do so many stupid fucking things when you're growing up. Like, can you like you're, now you're married? You have two great kids. You have a house. You have a career. Can you imagine ever thinking, "Hey, I'm gonna drink seven fucking black tooth grins and I'm gonna get behind the wheel of my car"? It's terrible. You can't. I can't even imagine. Dude. I I I remember a time in Hoboken because even though you're rock guys, you still wanted to go to Hoboken to get pussy because that's what you had to do back in 97 you know what i mean and uh one of those nights where like you know your girlfriend breaks up with him and like my girlfriend breaks up with me oh my god let's go out and get fucked up uh i went drinking at bahama mama's remember that place a fucking nightmare of a place vince it was a fucking nightmare they had these fishbowl drinks that were like seven dollars one one drink gave you diabetes like that's how much sugar was well, they, they had the they had the dog bowl at the rec room. The dog, oh, the rec room. We'll we'll talk about the rec room too. That was that was I think my favorite place we ever played in the world. The greatest fucking place in the world where I fell off the stage not once but twice. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, they'd have these fucking horrible drinks. That's that's how you know it was a good time. Yeah, it was real. So like my friend Mark has this pickup truck and it's like a, a red Mazda and it's one of those old ones where like the bench seat doesn't move. It's fixed. So there's no back seat. And he goes, all right, who's less fucked up? I go, I'm definitely less fucked up. I'll I'll drive. So I'm only going <laughs> Hoboken to Bayonne. Back then I was about 450 pounds and I try to get behind the wheel and I'm like, fuck, I don't fit. 
So I can't get behind the fucking wheel. So Mark goes and says, well, I I'm going to have to do this, but I, I don't know. He's passing out. I go, here's what you do. Okay. You work the feet and I'll work the wheel. <laughs> tag team. <laughs> we tag teamed it. It usually takes about 11 minutes to get from Hoboken. It's to fucking Hoboken. awful to talk about. What? It's horrible to think about it. Yeah, absolutely. But uh, it took us 47 minutes to get from Bayonne to uh, to Hoboken, from Hoboken to Bayonne. But these are the stupid things that we did, you know, it's fucking dumbass things. But the rec room, that was, in my opinion, the best place in North Jersey to play. Yeah. It was just sense. it was just a huge a huge ass stage a gigantic room, um, you know we, they would have hide. Like, you couldn't hide you, you, exactly you could not hide in there. Um, the first time I fell off the stage <laughs> uh, was with DRI. They booked us with DRI, and I had <laughs> no idea why this would ever happen. It was a Sunday afternoon, and it's one of those things where it's like okay, our musical styles are very different than DRI. And uh, I'm like, let's open with the heavy one. And it's one of those things where, like, I was trying to do the lead singer disease, and I put my finger, my fucking foot on the monitor, and I'm like, are you fucking right? Right off. I mean, like, literally face down. And Vince, this stage was probably five and a half feet high, maybe six feet high. It wasn't fucking. Yeah, it was pretty tall. Yeah, and like, like if John fell, all right, yeah, you know, he's a skinny dude. Uh, you're six three four fifty, and you're singing in a band, and you fall. I saw my whole life flash before my fucking eyes. Then, <laughs> just in that six foot fall. But uh, yeah. yeah, it was just fucking. It was a great time, man. It was a great right. time. I want to talk about Revel at Dusk. I'm gonna skip. I'm gonna skip back of back and forth and back and forth. But um, when did you guys start playing? Well, Vince was Vince was in Saint Cain for a while. And I was jumping. I was going to go back to St. King because I was playing that today. And let me tell you, man, they're a fucking good record, too. I mean, can you suck at something? Seriously. Because that was a great goddamn record. I was playing uh, the fuck song. Damn Cause. I was playing that before. Yep. That was on the first That was on the first record. Uh, yes. We did two records. We did uh, the second record was just uh, basically kind of like more of like an EP. But um uh, Vince Vince played with us for uh, for a while, and we did a bunch of live shows with Vince. And then we had Brian Quinn, uh, who's now in Candlebox, um, who's playing right now as we speak. Right now, as we speak, ten minutes uh, from my fucking house. But I'm talking to your dumbass instead. So weird, right? Yeah. <laughs> he yeah. He texted me. He's like, "You coming down tonight?" I'm like, uh, "No, I have rehearsal." <laughs> but uh, so. Uh, and then we got we kind of like hooked back up again and uh you know and vince was always like the guy for me to like you know like that fun person to write with and so when we started jamming with uh cameron um it was kind of super no-brainer you know and now when you're, when you're writing process do you bring a lot of your own stuff to the band and just say here's what i got or you do more of a collaborative effort I mean, it's really a collaborative effort, honestly. I mean, you know, uh, the big beefy stuff, it's like, you know, the the meat, I mean, is just us banging really things off of each other and yeah. going, you know, this is work, you know, do you, are you feeling this, you know? Um, if he's not feeling something, he'll tell me, but if he's if he's like, yeah, that works, you know, we, we just go right for it, you know? We jam it out. Well, you have to jam it out. Like for me, it's always my, I mean, we, we tried even again, like a few months ago to get, you know, playing, you know, just jamming and shit like that again. And uh, I always felt it was always me and my guitar player. It was always us writing 99% of the stuff. So I didn't know if like, you know, you were just writing your own thing and just saying, here guys, I'll, you know, play it this way or whatever. But I think that it's more of a collaborative effort. I think you get more personality in there too, instead of, you know, hearing the same kind of emotion, the same kind of vibe in your lyrics and, you know, do you write all your own lyrics or do you, uh, did the other guys uh, help out with that too? No, I write, I write all the lyrics and melody. Um, but of course, even with melody, like I'll say, you know, I'll, I'll sing a couple of different variations and uh, it'll be like, you know, can maybe do it like two more times here and maybe do the, the, the low part here. And, and it's like, you just sit here, at, we're at the studio now and, you know, and, 
Uh, it's very inspirational. Um, I love vibing off these guys, you know, um, it's, it's, it's a really good feeling to know that you're inspired by the two people that you're, you're writing with, because you know that you're going to be the tightest. Um, it's going to be the most important material that you write. And, um, at the end of the day, I don't care about record labels. Um, I don't care about money. I don't care about fucking playing big fucking shows. I just want to do a good record. I want to, I want to do the best presentation of the writing process recorded as possible. Do you like this new uh, model in music where you're releasing singles instead of just putting out the album ahead of time? Who's got time for uh, an album? You know, I mean, we, we have 40, 50 songs, you know? Wow. That was my next question. I was going to ask you what the uh, how the set list is going to be when you're uh, when you're playing around. You know, it's like we we have so many songs, but it's like, you know, oh, should we do this one again? Oh, what's that one again? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Send me that. Uh, yeah. Send me that again. You know, it gets buried in your texts slash emails, whatever. Um, but we have a solid set list um, that we're working on for the September 16th show, um, yep. and. You know, it, it's just, it's all punk rock. <laughs> I've, been I've been passing this video around to like, uh, you know, I have some friends who are snotty. They don't like anything, you know. Some of them some of them are stuck in like, you know, if it was, you know, past BLS, we don't want to fucking hear it. You know, like that kind of shit. All good. Yeah. And uh, every person I sent this to, and I'm not, I'm not blowing smoke up your ass. I would, I would tell you right now, three of them told me it sucked. I would tell you three of them told me it sucked. Every fucking person said that lie to yourself is one of the first of all i think and this is just me personally again i don't have anything to prove to you i think it's probably the best song i've ever heard you put on record thank you dude uh, i really do it because i have all your stuff i have all the shit i have child demos and fucking you know saint keen and and all the shit i think this is the most solid fucking recording that you've put out yet you know i just you know when we when we started playing it uh it was something simple about it, obviously. You know, there's nothing complicated. It's not fucking brain surgery. <laughs> you, know? you know, it's just a good, uh, solid uh, presentation of, um, you know, of, of, of riff. That's not, it's not crazy. You know, it's just yeah. a good ACDC kind of simplicity to it. Yeah, there's, there's, there's a beauty to that simplicity, right? Like it's, you know, you're more focused on on like the groove and what the people will feel when they listen to it, you know, like if it'll, if it'll make us jump in the studio while we're writing it, like, oh, this is going to be so cool. You know, and, you know, it's just the energy kind of flows and it, it translates when, when you're actually playing it. So it's, it's a great thing. Such a difference for me with, I, I wouldn't be a comedian if I wasn't a singer in a band. That's just how my progression went. I missed being on stage. And then a couple of years later, I said, I got to do something by this birthday. Eight days later, I tried comedy and that was 15 years ago. So, you know, it's a, it's, it's a fun thing because you can express yourself. Yeah. When you're on stage with like three or four of your buddies and everything is just firing on all cylinders, there's yeah. no fucking better feeling in the world. There really isn't, you know, like we were, the, the, <laughs> We were trying to like, you know, get things back together. Uh, one of the lines of one of my songs was 23 and feel twice my age. And we're, we're jamming it and I sing it and I just go, stop. And I stopped it right there. I go, I'm fucking twice that age, dude. I can't do a song that's 23 years old at this point. So even that process of me and Jay, my guitar player, writing a new song, it was like, it, it, I hadn't done it in, in forever. I mean, I write my own stuff. I write tons of stuff, you know, but like to actually get it with your dude and yeah. that birth of that piece of art, even if it's just for yourselves, there's so, no better we, feeling, man. Yeah, when we're riffing um, and, you know, there's always a riff here and there and something, something pops up and we're, and we're going and he'll do like an alternate line. That's so good that he, he he's, he's got a duck. Cause I'll, I'll fucking swing at him. I'm excited. I'll fucking straight up fucking high kick him, 
you know, fucking, I'll, I'll try <laughs> to fucking punch him in the face because I'm so excited. But, uh, you know, he, the, the thing about writing is that if, if you're just fucking bored and you're just like, if you're feel like you're always climbing, you know, it's, it's put it, put it down for a little bit, you know, but for some reason, uh, lucky for us, you know, it's something that I, I lose sleep over cause I'm always thinking about it and I can't wait for, you know, rehearsal nights because we're always, uh, coming up with something to try. And that's what makes, that's what compiles these songs that were, you know, hopefully this, uh, this record can get done before the end of this year, you know, the cycle, you know, any covers. Yeah. So we're, we're struggling for, uh, <laughs> the right cover song. What, what, what are your choices? I have, I have one that I always wanted to do. It's never been done heavy. Don't tell me. <laughs> I want to give it to you. I'm like, let me know. I want to give it to you. I offered it to Rob Caggiano from Volbeat. He goes, that's a great idea. And they never did it. So fuck them. And now he's gone from there. So now I want to give it to you. <laughs> so what are your, what are your, uh, what are you hemming and hawing about for a cover? I'm not, I'm not, I plead the fifth on this man. Cause it's driving me mad. It's driving me crazy. Listen, I majored in psychology at St. John's university. So I can help you with this. If it's driving you crazy. So I'm pushing for Loggins and Messina, but they, they won't go for it. <laughs> but something different. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't disclose because I just, it's driving me so crazy. Cause you don't want to do like the obvious stuff. Like, you know, we, we, we can cover Alice in Chains stuff. You know, we can cover, can't do that. you know, but you can't do that. You got to pick something so far out of right field. Yes, it's got to be like a like a something a little uncomfortable, you know. Would you like my cover? <laughs> I want Revel at Dusk to cover Pressure by Billy Joel. Now picture it of going. If you fucking play that. On September 16th in Hazlitt, New Jersey, I'm taking credit for it. I'm telling you right now, because I'm going to be at the goddamn show. Are you going to come down? I'm 10 minutes from Hazlitt. That's so cool. I love yes. that. And you know why? Because really, because there's a barbecue place across the street from it, and I'm still fat. So Thank God. Because, well, I'm, I'll be fat with you because um, I can't ever get rid of food. Food is my jam, dude. Um, so we'll, we'll get there early. Mm-hmm. I'll go to show me where the place is. Or you just come here and I just grill and smoke everything for everybody. You, you could do that too, but I want to try this place's, you know, I want to see the authenticity. Any place that has a bacon menu. You I mean, we got to go there. You can't fuck with it. You can't fuck with it. I'll text, I'll text you uh, for load in and then we'll, we'll go there. That sounds like a plan, but I, I, I'm, uh, I'm mildly annoyed at you that you won't spill your cover, but it's okay. <laughs> I talked about drunk driving from the fucking passenger seat. But no, Precious Costco can't tell me he wants to fucking cover Queen of the Stone Age. Precious anyway. Uh, uh, so how many songs are you planning on recording for the record? So we have uh, we have Fall that we released. That was our first single. Mm-hmm. Great uh, song. From, thank you. Thank you. From, uh, you know, Bob Merlette, uh, the great Bob Merlette uh, produced that out in L.A. And uh, he, he also did uh, uh, Lie to Yourself. And uh, so there's two there, and then we're gonna go back in and do uh, five or six, uh, five or six more. Plus a cover. Plus a cover. Yeah. Fucking hate bulky right now. Won't tell me. <laughs> Can't do it, man. Planning on uh, you planning on a tour, like an actual full blown tour. So we um, are talking here and there, and we're kind of like so. We, we all have families. <laughs> well, that was the point I was getting at. I mean, you got two beautiful boys. How hard is it going to be to go away for three months? And, and so go it's, it's, a, it's a weird balance. So it's like, you know, we pass up this and then we pass up that. And then we go, you know what? What's going to work for us is this. And so we're, we're going to wait for a little bit. 
because it doesn't, you know, it's not, I feel like the, the thing that matters to me the most, again, and I'll say it again, I can't stress this enough, is the quality over quantity. So it's the quality of the, of the recording of these songs uh, to a standard of, uh, you know, I think everything has to give you either goosebumps or make you feel something. Um, and if those, because that's the legacy, right? <laughs> right. When we die, it's fucking over. You know, you have to leave a legacy of the best that you can fucking do. Uh, from, on, dude. From, uh, on. from your, I, I recorded a CD very, very, very early on, and I never released it. And then, like six years later, I recorded another special, and it, would, I just tanked it. I didn't release it. So now I'm 15 years in, and I'm saying to myself, "What's my legacy?" I'm so glad you said that word. What is my legacy in comedy? So, like now, I have. The you know the two hours written I have the clean and the dirty and then when I tape it I know it's going to be right that way if I'm done if I'm done I never touch a microphone again I have that one piece of art that's in history that you can't take away from me I so I knew you were going to get into you know this this podcast you know uh, situation because um, you've always had this big bright personality um, you've always presented yourself. Um, with with an honorable uh, you know enlightenment and it's so people gravitate towards you they always have and they always will I don't think you'll ever lose that um, I hope not. you know a I appreciate you calling me and, and doing this you know b we go back for very many years uh, to a great a great plateau mm -hmm. you can't ever forget that you can't you know, catch lighting in the back, box, it was the best dude it was the best time it was a great time. It was an absolute great time. But think about it now. Think about your life 25 years ago and think about it now. And you would never, ever, ever trade your life now for that. No. No. No, I, I enjoy my life. <laughs> great. It's a great. It, that's why I keep saying how fucking amazing it is to be our age. Now, granted, when you wake up and something different hurts every fucking day. Like, if, if like, right, get up at all. Like, right now, um, you know, ask ask him like three or four questions. So I'm going to go take a piss and get myself a fresh. Let's. I'm just. Gonna, let's just do a Zigmeister commercial. This is easy peasy from Zigmeister. Zigmeister. <laughs> what the fuck is that? Is that coming to tampon? <laughs> if you well, yeah. If you twist this up, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Real men drink fucking whiskey. But anyway, I am doing some uh, toasted lager from Blue Point. Vince, I don't give a fuck about Blue Point. What's the cover song? <laughs> you know what? To be honest with you, it's like it's one of those things, right? Where you're like throwing stuff out there, see what sticks. Uh, and we're like, what about this song? Uh, I don't know. And, and there have been songs that that we've thrown up there that we were excited about in the beginning, and and then you know, like two days later, we're like, now nah, we shouldn't do that. Yeah, we've had a bunch. I, I actually, there's a video somewhere of me actually singing Break Stuff by Limp Biscuit <laughs> at a hometown fair with a backwards hat on in 1998. I mean, you, you can't get more fucking new metal douche, douchery than that. You know what I mean? <laughs> hey, but that was what everybody was into back then, too. Oh, sure. So listen, growing up in the Philippines, though, what kind of, now was the, was the rock music that we had here like on a delay over there? Or were you guys getting the same kind of stuff that we were at the same time? Yeah. So most of the stuff that we got there growing up, right? Like was top 40 stuff. Okay. Like, which is, I, I think I'd like to um, uh, kind of mention that my influences are, are so weird because of the stuff that we got there, you know, uh, Duran Duran, Spando Ballet, even, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, right. stuff like that. But, you know, um, the local rock scene was like it's more of the 70s because like the 80s hit and everything everybody tried to play like new wave stuff and you know china crisis and gene loves jezebel um wow i've heard that forever yeah so you know stuff like that and then it kind of had a renaissance in the late 80s and early 90s where everybody was playing like rock and roll again there's this club uh over there called club dread and it's exactly what you think it's like the judge dread comic but that was their that was their mascot that was their you know this this dive of place like egg crates kind of like it's pretty much kind of like the cbgb's back there 
in the buildings. We got the chance to play there, you know, a few times. Everybody went through there. Uh, but yeah, there was this boom back in the early 90s. Uh, so that was great. And I got to cut my teeth over there. And speaking of, um, I'm going to give a shout out to a few of those bands. Um, there's this band called, you know, we're talking about like island, uh, desert island music. There is a band called Razorback. Amazing, amazing band. Uh, the original lineup. Uh, they had two guitar players, Tirso and David. Uh, there's a song called Tender Foot. And the guitar solo outro to that song is one of my favorite outros the whole time. It's not shredding, but it's like, it's one of those things where you're like, close your eyes and like, that is an amazing solo. Uh, so, you know, Razorback, there was a band called Wolfgang. Um, I had a band called Torch. And we played, you're not gonna believe this, John, but we did covers of Deftones and 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 corn up there and say I actually do believe that. I was I was I don't not not believe that. <laughs> skinny 19-year-old had long ass hair. Well, you know what's fucked up, Vince? Like if, if you don't say you're Filipino, right? And if I take my glasses off, I'm blind as a bat. You could be fucking Mexican. You could be Filipino. You could be Puerto Rican. I can't fucking tell. You and you, you have no accent at all. So I have no idea where you're gonna lean for it. You know what I mean? I can turn the accent on if you want. Like you can't tell if he's if it's his watch ticking or if he's got a fucking bomb strap to him. <laughs> I've got Native American too. I can see that. Yeah, I could definitely. It's very strange. You can't tell if you go to work on a car or if you go to fucking BIT support. <laughs> I think you're the only one who's going to get ripped on to you. Like no. Take your phone and use player, too. Call set. Oh, that's fucking great. Yeah, man. I Listen, I owe, um, I got to tell you, when, when, um, if I ever get the chance to meet Sully again, I want to thank him. Uh, because at, after a show at CBGB's, I think it was like in 98 or 99, uh, I said, yeah, I'll grab a quick picture with you. Yeah, man, no problem. Best picture I ever took in my life. Really? With, with him. And the problem was, is my ex-girlfriend was in the picture with me. Oh. So this is, again, before Photoshop and everything. So what I would do is I took the picture and I folded her out of it. And that was the picture that when you were in AOL chat rooms back in the 90s and the early 2000s, and they'd ask you for your ASL, and I'd say, yeah, no problem. Oh, where's my pick? And I would send that picture off. <laughs> be like, oh my God, do you know Sully from Godsmack? And I'd be like, yeah, you want me to call him right now? I mean, I really don't want to. He's on tour right now. But yeah, let me go way back. I got more fucking ass off that one picture than ever writing a song in my entire life. <laughs> that's awesome I'll, I'll send you the pitch it is a f i look fucking good in that picture i will tell you but um all right so we got the show coming up on september 16th in hazlitt that's at the um what's the name of the studio that you're performing at it's uh bulletproof uh studios it's uh oh, tim tim mcmurtry uh mod yeah uh, angry corpses you know tim and i go way back and uh we've become uh uh, you know, we connect, we kind of reconnected again over the last like a couple of years. And, uh, you know, you know, we're not, we're not a hardcore band, but we, you know, we get uh, fucking rowdy enough, but you know, we, we did a couple of shows, you know, we did a show with him and um, over at the Debonair music hall and in, mm -hmm. in Teaneck. And, uh, you know, we just have so much respect for each other. You know, he's like, come down and do the show in Hazlitt, pick the bands and uh, we picked the bands. And uh, I don't want a headline. <laughs> you know, we just got, uh, you know, do, do the thing where we just want to play the show, yeah. uh, you know, drink some beers, drink some whiskey. And by the way, I, I drink a lot of bourbon. So I'm, I'm, I'm a bourbon guy. I have, I have about 17 bottles of bourbon over here, by the way. I'm a bourbon connoisseur. Okay. So That's right we, in front of me, in case you think I'm lying. What do we got? My serving tray. Okay. Ah, okay. We're seven. Okay. Yeah, I'm a bourbon aficionado. So okay. bourbons and cigars, right? Uh, not cigars. Might as well be a big black dick at the same time. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> Gross. Disgusting. 
Well, we we suck a lot of uh, black dicks then. Because... Adam, I want you to scream. I want you to sound grab that. You want to grab that one? Yeah. We 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 uh, got blabber mouth tomorrow, huh? Uh, mouth. We smoke a lot of cigars and drink okay. carbon. It's and, not a bad uh, thing, man. It is not a bad thing. You no, know, it's just our. It's just what we like to do, man. It's, you know, there's worse things in the world that you can do, dude. There are worse things in the world. What um? So on another note, are you going to any shows this summer? This is a great fucking summer of concerts. You know, I'll be honest with you, I'm not a big concert goer. Really? Not a big concert goer. That's kind of shitty. <laughs> <laughs> I like uh. Being safe. I like to be raw. Well, yeah, I mean, I don't like uh, I don't like being in big crowds. Yeah, I get that. I get that a lot. Yeah. I just, it's just something I take my kid to show. So like I took a writer when my, my son, uh, when he was five and a half, I took him to go see Ozzy at PNC. Nice. And we took him backstage. Um, and, uh, man, he, he was like, he was like crying. He's like, I don't, I want mama, <laughs> but he, <laughs> oh, really, yeah, it was fucking wild because it was stone sour. Uh, and I, I know Johnny Chow for a, a long time the bass player for stone sour and uh you know he took us backstage and my my kid was just like freaking out it was just like wild you know yeah it's gotta be great though a great feeling as a dad to be able to use those connections just to show like at five or at five or six like he's gonna remember that well he's a big he's a big rocker dude he's he's he loves uh, you know, we had to wake him up for Crazy Train. <laughs> he was sleeping. We we're like, Ryder, he's playing Crazy Train. Ah, you know, great, he's a talented kid, by the way. Yeah, he's he's talented. He plays piano. Taking after your footsteps. He's better than I am. Really? He's better than I am. Wow, that's awesome. Uh, this was a lot of fun. This was a lot of fun. I'm glad you uh, were able to come on. I want you guys to come back on after the album is put out. Um, please. I mean, we have a big, we have a really big fan base. So, um, Light to Yourself is uh, going to be dropping on June 30th. So today's the 28th. This will be out next week, probably. I think we released everything. Um, this will probably be out next week. Download this. I want you to download the song. It's not gonna, it's not gonna disappoint you. It's not gonna disappoint. When is the next song dropping? That's my last question. After this, yeah. We're going to do our best uh, to have it uh, in maybe by uh, by fall. So it's fucking June, John. I know. <laughs> but it's, we're talking to a guy that has, again, again, you know, and it's whatever. I don't care. We have no, there's no label, you know. Mm -hmm. I get it. <laughs> we're doing the best we can uh, for, with, with, with the material and the, and, and, and the resources that we have, you know. And, um, you know, it's just like we can't stop. You know, it's just I, I don't give a fuck about anything else. Um, and let, as long as it makes us feel good, you know, and it does something for us, um, which is why we wanted to come on, you know, to to your show, because we've had this history. And and I love you, man. You know, we had such a really un unbelievably great history together. And great I'm, show. I'm super proud of you and I'm super stoked for you. And um I can't believe we haven't seen each other in so, so long. Yeah, it's been a but minute. It, a minute. I mean, my God, it's crazy, dude. But yeah. down in Hazlitt, you know, we're, we're going to get together. We're going to have some barbecue. Barbecue. I'm down with that. And, John, if you don't want to go, Vince, I'll send you my number. Because, um, <laughs> quite frankly, I've been getting along better with you because you told me the cover song while John was taking a piss. <laughs> pick, by the way. It's between him and I. <laughs> I can hear a, my piss stream. I can, I didn't. You didn't say anything. <laughs> we did hear you peeing, by boy the George. way. I said, "Boy George." Oh, I fucking hate chameleon, man. <laughs> horrible. It's fucking horrible, isn't it? What are your social handles? So, are and we'll, so we'll put them on the uh, on the video portion of this. Oh well, it's just uh, at Revel at Dusk. Okay, so yeah, everything is all the same, which is so much fucking easier. <laughs> There's a link. There's a link tree in, in the uh, bio for the, for everything else. For everything else, Perfect. So you can Perfect. get everything through. Who's your um? Who's your favorite new band that's out there right now? Both of you. Yeah, you go first. Oh God, I don't even listen to me new music. Anymore. 
<laughs> I mean, if it's something that's going to be, you know, that's, that's being played currently. Um, I just love turnstile. Yeah. Do you really? I love it. Some people are trying to push me into this. I, I couldn't get into it. I love it. I found a uh, blacktop mojo last year. Meh. You don't like it? <laughs> um, uh, you know, for, for me, I just love the, uh, you know, I'm a punk rocker at heart too. So it's like, you know, uh, I just love, uh, I love their fucking honesty and energy, you know. Very cool. All right. I never would have thought that. I thought being married with two kids that you weren't gay. Anyway, so thank you for uh, coming on our show. I love it. it was a pleasure to meet you. I'm looking forward to hanging out with you. Uh, sure. We will do something before that. We will do something before that. So, uh, guys, check out uh, Revel at Dusk. Download it anywhere you want to. We're on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Download that shit there. I want this song to blow the fuck up. I really do. Because I think this is, uh, I don't think Dropbox, I don't think Touche was uh your your calling card i think this is it and i don't think i think child was great i think that uh saint kane was fantastic but uh I, I got a lot of faith and i uh i'm one of those people who can call shit sometimes when it comes to music and i think this this is gonna really uh this is gonna blow you up i hope so brother i hope so guys if not, it, if not you know again you know it's it's just being honest you know we just doing doing anything that's honest right now so that's all that listen people see right through that believe me they know when you're when you're real dude and they know when you're a piece of shit you know what i mean so speaking of pieces of shit john thank you (laughs) i love you brother i love you too guys uh check out uh our website check us out on social and uh we'll see you guys later thanks brother thank you so much